Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey there, folks. This is Matt Welch, the sports editor of Star Local Media, and thank you for checking out this rapid reaction edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Let's chat about my game from Friday night. I was at an Eagles Stadium in Allen for a meeting of the Eagles, uh, your, uh, your de facto District 968 championship bout, a meeting between first place Allen and second place Prosper. Um, Allen ultimately remains undefeated on the season. They take a 54-21 victory over Prosper to improve to 9 and on the season, six and zero in district play. Prosper dipping to a seven and two overall, four and two in district play. The win marks the thirteenth consecutive year that Allen has hoisted a district championship, and Allen is also uh, in improving to nine and zero on the season. Now looking for a uh, for a sixth consecutive perfect regular season, one win shy of doing that. Um, in order to do so, it meant getting past a, a Prosper team that record wise was the second best team in the district heading into Friday night, and they did so in a fashion that um, was a bit different from the last two games. Um, you know, heading into Friday, there had been uh, some some rumblings just as far as what had been a mess with Allen to start their uh, their games against Jesuit and McKinney Boyd, games in which they uh, they combined for only three points in the first quarter, and um, yeah, they decided to respond on Friday with their highest scoring first quarter of the season. They jump out to a uh, to a 19-0 lead on Prosper and never look back. They scored 26 unanswered to uh, to begin this one before Prosper was able to get on the board, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Um, you kind of had a feeling where this game was headed fairly early on. Um, Allen was able to march down the field in eight plays on its opening drive. And right from the get-go, you kind of had a feeling that if this game was going to be decided up front, that Allen had a decisive edge with its offensive line versus Prosper's defensive line. Um, just the the holes that their running game was able to get in um, just the way that they, uh, the room that their offense had to operate up front, um, just, so much, just so much comfort. Um, as far as being able to, uh, you know, routinely get to the second and third levels of the defense, um, it resulted in what is, I, for my money, as as, a, as productive a half as Allen has had offensively in years. Allen racked up 447 yards of offense in halftime. 447 yards. I mean, for most teams, an, an entire game's worth of offense. If you're racking up near 450 yards of offense in a half, in a in, you know, in a full game, that is considered a, a a productive night of offense. Let alone doing it in an entire half. I went back to check at halftime. Allen actually was able to. Um, Allen's first half production, they actually managed to outproduce their entire outputs in their games against Mesquite Horn, Utah East, and Jesuit. And if you want to include Capel, then sure, go ahead. Even though that game was only one half due to, uh, due to rain back in, uh, back in non-district play. Um, so listen, Allen essentially did as they pleased. Um, they were able to get a, uh, just a good push up front. You know, head coach Brandon Schmidt of, uh, of Prosper afterwards said, you know, their defensive line is, there's talent there, but they're just not the biggest unit. 
And so when you you know counterbalance that with just the uh, you know the the road graders that Allen has on its offensive line, you know EJ and Dome Ogar, Sertadrian Brooks, uh, you know to name two of them. I mean Allen's offense essentially did what it pleased, and it bore itself out on the uh, on the stat sheet. You know, in addition to racking up 447 yards at halftime, they had a season high in total yardage at 641, 467 yards on the ground, just over eight yards per carry. And um, it resulted in a, I mean, they scored on six drives in the first half. And they were able to uh, kind of dictate things as they saw fit. Um, You know, Allen ran 59 plays in the first half. 40 run, 19 pass. You know, 59 plays, that is massive for an Allen team. And part of it was because Prosper's special teams, you know, was actually fairly solid and not, you know, affording Allen, uh, you know, a bevy of short fields like most opponents will. Allen actually had to to work for those drives. And you saw, I mean, their drive lengths in the first half that they scored on, um, you know, they started off with an eight-play scoring drive. Then they had a nine-play scoring drive, then seven, then eight, then 15, then 10. So this wasn't like just big play Allen, just quick strike offense. Allen was methodical. You know, it was largely based around the run. You know, they uh, they did kind of pass, but it felt like the pass was kind of more just out of necessity in Friday's game. The real story was the job that, you know, the three-headed rushing attack of, uh, of quarterback Grant Tisdale and uh, and running back Selden Manning and Grant Robinson were able to do on the, uh, on the ground. All three of them, you know, finished the game with at least seven and a half yards per carry. And, um, you know, all three scored at least one touchdown in the first half. And just like that, Allen is uh, looking at a 40-14 a to 14 lead at the half that uh, never uh, never got any closer over the, uh, over the final two quarters. Um, I mean, just on paper, it was a, uh, it was a route. You know, Allen, Allen outgains Prosper 641 to 206. And this was a Prosper offense that came into Friday's game statistically as the number two offense in 9-6-A. They came into the game averaging 427.8 yards, 41.5 points. They exit Friday's game against Allen with just 21 points of off, with just, uh, just 21 points scored and only 206 yards of offense. And when you look at the way in which they went about their scoring drives, there were really no sustained drives within the... Uh, Within those 21 points, you know, Prosper was able to strike early in the second quarter on a on a four play drive that was highlighted by a, a 44 yard completion from quarterback Keegan Shoemaker to uh, Devontae Malloy that helped set up a uh, just a, a short touchdown run by Jackson Berry for Prosper's first points. And then later on in the quarter, uh, Logan Nelson, uh, you know, was able to pick off Grant Tisdale, just Tisdale's third interception thrown all season. But um, Nelson was able to return the ball down to the two yard line and then. And backup running back JT Lane follows up with a two-yard touchdown run, and then Prosper scored again in the fourth quarter, um, but courtesy of a of a muff punt by Allen after a, after a three and out. So nothing really traditional in how Prosper went about mustering its offense. And yeah, the result was a uh, you know at least by Prosper standards a fairly uncharacteristic showing. Um, it all it all kind of started defensively for Allen and their ability to contain the run. Um, when you think of what Prosper has done to get to where they had this season, it really all starts in the backfield with Wayne Anderson running behind a uh, an offensive line that is definitely in the in the upper in the, uh, in the upper echelon of uh, of offensive lines in district 96A you could argue that's perhaps the most talented offensive line on paper that Allen has played this season 
Um, but nevertheless, Allen was able to hold Wayne Anderson, the district's leading rusher, to just 34 rushing yards, 23 receiving yards. And if you're Prosper and you know you're you have an Allen offense that is able to kind of do as they please, it's just you have to be able to establish the run. And Prosper, you kind of had an inkling early on that Allen just wasn't going to let Prosper do that. By the end of the first quarter, Prosper had minus seven rushing yards, and the fact is, Prosper just isn't built to overcome that. So it was just a just a uh, a, 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 just a collection of just of just circumstances that just kind of kept Prosper from being able to do more. But a lot of that has to do with who they were playing. I mean, you had an Allen team that was playing as as well as they have all season, and really, you know, you could really see that um, you dangle that little uh, the, 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 you dangle the carrot of a of a district championship in front of the Eagles, and you look how they respond, and they have um, yeah, they're uh, their best offensive showing of the season statistically. Um, let's see some. Uh, let's see some numbers from this game. Like I said, I already went through the the overall stats. I will say, okay, just as a quick aside, because this does need to be touched on, touched upon, because as we now near the playoffs, we can begin to have kind of the uh, the big picture conversations with Allen as far as what needs to go right for them to get where they uh, you know they hope to be by the uh, by the end of the season. And one thing that has surfaced in recent weeks that I would say this, there's enough evidence to where we can say this is a cause for concern with Allen. And this is not overreact- an overreaction. I don't believe it is. Um, penalties. Allen has a penalty problem right now. And it started to surface at the East game, and it has kind of crept up ever since. Um, Allen finished, uh, Allen was flagged 12 times against Prosper, 12 times for 133 yards. Both of those are season highs. It is the, uh, the third time in four games that Allen has committed at least nine penalties and um, been flagged for at least 100 penalty yards. They did so against East they, um, when they were flagged 12 times for 109. Um, against Jesuit, they were flagged nine times for 100. And then Friday against Prosper, 12 for 133. Um, there's enough evidence now to where I think that it's, you know, it's definitely something that the team needs to iron out because, um, these are just the little intangibles that can kind of get in the way of, of Allen getting to where it needs to go and their, uh, their hopes for a state championship. Because the, the thing about district nine, six, a is, you know, you're just, you're not going to find a team that's able to make Allen pay for committing those penalties just because Allen just is Allen's floor performance wise is higher than most teams ceilings. Um, just when you get to the bottom of it. So the fact is Allen can overcome penalties in a way that most teams can't. But the fact is there are teams out there that can make Allen pay for those penalties and the fact that we're in week 10 and it's now becoming the issue is kind of amplifying um, like I said it's you know those three games those are three of Allen's last four games where these penalty issues have cropped up so you're seeing it begin to amplify as the season progresses and that's kind of uh, that's kind of the opposite <laughs> in which that uh, that needs to be trending so we'll see you know we'll see if there is a um, you know how they how they address this they certainly do you know coach Gamble mentioned after the game that any player who com- who committed a, a personal foul they know who to see on Saturday so there's definitely is an accountability to it um, it's just the fact that I'm not sure if, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what to make of it, heads and tails. Just, 
I almost wonder if it's because no team has been able to make Allen pay for it that they haven't quite realized the the potential consequences of committing double-digit penalties in these games. And again, that's just a symptom of the district just not having the firepower to offer enough resistance when Allen gets set back and by these penalties. But again, when you start stacking up, you know how they would fare against the uh, the Galena Park North Shores or the Duncanvilles or the Judsons of uh you know of the state. Those are the little intangibles that can just swing a game one way or another. And I mean, yeah, so now the uh, the onus is kind of on Allen heading into the postseason to figure out how to address these penalties because at the end of the day, these are self-inflicted wounds. I mean, Allen has control over how many penalties it commits. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it hasn't you know come back to bite him yet, but you do not want to be flying too close to the sun when it comes to committing you know penalties of that, especially with that kind of volume because, yeah, that's just you're going to find a team out there that's going to make you pay for it sooner uh, you know, rather than later. So, um, yeah, but just yes, a... Uh, yeah, I mean, flags were in abundance last night, I will say. I mean, you know, Allen committed 12 penalties for 133 yards. Prosper committed 8 for 57. Um, let's see. Well, Prosper, you know, while Prosper wound up on the short end of things, all was not doom and gloom for them by virtue of the other scores from around the district. Prosper clinched a playoff spot. So, you know, it might get uh, lost in the shuffle when you lose by, uh, you know, when you lose by, you know, what, 33 points. But that's still a very significant accomplishment for Prosper, obviously, with it being their first year in Class 6A. Um, with the exception of Allen and Plano East, they have passed every test that they've been, uh, they've been dealt with, uh, with flying colors. And they, uh, yeah, they get a playoff spot out of it. So, you know, shout out to Prosper. Congratulations on that. I know that was a, a team that heading into the season, our staff as a whole was very, uh, you know, kind of uh, not really sure what to make of it just because of uh, of just how uh, just the elements of the unknown with Prosper and how much they were replacing on offense, how they would manage to fill the Caleb Adams void on uh, on offense, I should say, how much they were replacing on defense. Um, so yeah, you know, you know, shout out to Prosper for being able to punch and stick it to the playoffs. As of now, them and Allen are the only two teams in the district that have secured playoff spots. Their rest um, is still up for grabs. You have Plano East, Plano Senior, and McKinney that are all vying for those final two spots. Um, so yeah, we shall see what is uh, what is in store. Um, um, as far as some individual stats from this game, um, let's see. You had, uh, I guess, just a huge night for Allen running the ball. They had, uh, they had four, they had four rushers that had at least 86 yards rushing, led by quarterback Grant Tisdale, who was actually the team's leading rusher in both attempts and yardage. He went for uh, 20 carries for 156 yards and three touchdowns. He had a, a passing touchdown through the air on a nice toss to uh, to Bryson Green late in the first half. He finishes his night passing. Uh, Tisdale does with going uh, 16 of 23. For 174 yards, uh, one touchdown, one pick, just his third interception thrown of the season. Um, beyond him, the, actually the second leading rusher was the team's backup quarterback, Raylan Sharp, who uh, who did his damage in the second half, including a, an 81-yard touchdown run. He finishes the game with 106 yards and a touchdown on just five carries. And then you have the uh, the running back tandem of Selden Manning and Grant Robinson. This was a big night for Grant Robinson, I think, from a volume standpoint. Probably the first time all season in which his he was kind of functioning as the 1B to Selden Manning's 1A um, and he had a you know he's had a productive couple weeks I mean you know, Grant Robinson finishes with 11 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown Selden Manning goes 12 carries for 90 yards on a touchdown so a a nice balance there uh, receiving wise 
Even though he was held out of the end zone, a productive night for Theo Weiss. He catches eight balls for 95 yards. Uh, Bryson Green, as I mentioned, he had a touchdown to go along with, uh, with three catches for 37 yards. For Prosper, like I said, a bit of a tougher night on the statute for Prosper. Uh, Wayne Anderson, the district's leading rusher, held to just 34 yards on nine carries. Um, his backup, JT Lean, does find the end zone, though, on, a, on two of his six carries. He has 18 yards rushing. Quarterback Keegan Shoemaker held under 50% through the year. He goes 11 of 23 for 163 yards. His um, his favorite target, Justine Clark, with three catches for 57 yards. Um, he got the bulk of that on a screen pass that was set up you know, in the second quarter quarter that went for 46 yards. Uh, Devontae Malloy had 44 yards receiving on that deep ball that set up Prosper's first touchdown. So yeah, we are now into the uh, into the final week of the regular season. Allen, like I said, is one win away from uh, from a sixth consecutive perfect regular season. They uh, they get a t- they um, let's see on Thursday their next game they get a matchup against uh, Plano West, a winless Plano West team. The Wolves 0-9, mired in a t- in a uh, what a 25 game losing streak. That game a rare Thursday kickoff at Eagle Stadium. That is going to be Thursday at seven o'clock. Meanwhile, Prosper, like I said, Prosper's in the playoffs, but this game Friday does carry potential seeding ramifications. They will visit Plano Senior 7 o'clock Friday out of Clark Stadium. So, um, yeah, as far as the playoff picture goes, essentially, said Prosper's guaranteed a playoff spot, but um, whether they win or lose versus Plano could affect whether they are the top the top seed in uh, 6A Division Two or the bottom seed, which, yeah, from a seeding standpoint, that means you're, uh, you could draw either either Wiley or Naaman Ford I believe are the two uh, D two playoff teams out of ten six A. So still something to play for as far as um, just where your uh, where your playoff path goes for uh, for Prosper Allen. Meanwhile, you know they know they're going to be the top seed in six A D one. They are um, likely looking at a matchup against the uh, the loser of the Saxy Rowlett game. And um, yeah, that's uh, just a look down the road. So we shall uh, we shall see what transpires later this week. Otherwise, folks, that will just about do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. A rapid reaction for Friday's uh, District 96A Championship bout. Allen once again taking a 54 to 21 victory over Prosper. Uh, folks, I appreciate you for checking out this podcast. You know what? You enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.